Hello everyone, happy Easter weekend. Now, obviously this recap is a little bit different because I'm not in at work today, it's a holiday, so you're joining me in my home on my couch as I prepare for a few family gatherings this weekend that we're gonna be jumping around to, but I didn't want to skip a recap, so here we are. Now, our assigned reading this week spans from 2 Kings 9 to 1 Chronicles 9, so we're cruising through the history of the kings of Israel and Judah. Okay, so in 2 Kings 9, we see the prophet Elisha sending another prophet to anoint a commander in the Israelite military as the next king of Israel. This was an act of treason technically because this commander, whose name was Jehu, was being anointed to essentially launch a coup against the house of Ahab and bring judgment on them for their wickedness. Now we're told that at the time, Israel and her king, Joram, son of Ahab, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, who was a grandson of Ahab, thanks to that marriage alliance that had been arranged between the two kingdoms, these two kings, they were warring against Aram. Now, when Joram was injured in battle, the two kings headed to the fortified city of Jezreel to recuperate, but Jehu rode to the city and killed them both. So then we're given the record of Jehu having Jezebel killed. He's bringing judgment on the, on the house of Ahab. So her servants thrown her, throw her from the second story of the palace, and then Jehu has her run over by chariot horses. It's really awful and bloody. Then in 2 Kings 10, Jehu has 70 sons of Ahab killed in Samaria. Now, the way this is written means that they weren't all actual um, sons of Ahab, but the male descendants of Ahab. So sons, grandsons, and great-grandsons. Jehu then kills everyone in Jezreel connected with the government of Ahab, and he even kills a delegation from Judah, the family of Ahaziah, the king of Judah, who comes to Samaria. Uh, Jehu also puts out a false invitation for um, a ceremony for Baal, and then he kills everyone who attends that ceremony. So Jehu actually did a lot for Israel, but he did not overhaul the idol worship of Jeroboam, which is the main biblical criticism of his reign. Then in 2 Kings 11, we see Athaliah, who's the queen mother of Judah. Her son was King Ahaziah, and she gets word of Ahaziah's death and the wiping out of her father's dynasty. Remember, she was a daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, and she decides to do a bit of wiping out of her own. She has all the royal male descendants of David killed, even those that were related to her, because of course she'd married in. But the idea seems to have been that if her dynasty was going to be eliminated, then David's would be as well. One baby is saved, however. He's raised in hiding by his nurse in the temple until he's seven, at which point the high priest Jehoiada announces the boy, Joash, king, and proceeds to co-reign with him. Jehoiada also has Athaliah killed, and then he removes Baal worship from Judah. In chapter 12, we have the record of Joash's reign. He technically reigns for 40 years, but for a good chunk of that, it seems like Jehoiada the high priest wielded most of the kingly power. The temple gets repaired, true worship of God is reinstituted, things are going pretty well. But then we're told that at about that time, the king of Aram starts to war against Judah and Joash empties the temple treasuries to pay the king of Aram off, which, I mean, it works, but it seriously degrades Judah and the temple. And then we're told that Joash is assassinated by his own officials. 
To understand what's going on here, we need to add in the account of Chronicles 24. So after Jehoiada dies and Joash becomes the fully reigning king, Jehoiada is given the burial of a king. So he had a lot of authority. And then Joash does what he wants, which isn't great. He leads the nation back into idolatry on the advice of the officials of Judah. Uh, maybe Joash had relied too much on Jehoiada's leadership, hadn't really learned how to rule righteously on his own, but whatever the reason, God brought Aram against Judah as a consequence of this. Uh, and officials who were probably loyal to Jehoiada and to the worship of God ended up assassinating Joash. Okay, 2 Kings 13 tells us of the king of Israel during Joash's reign. So that king was Jehoahaz, son of Jehu. Jehoahaz followed his father's lead in being a loyal idol worship to the idols in Bethel and Dan. And so God kept Israel under the power of Aram as a consequence, and Israel's military power was severely reduced. The next king is Jehoahaz's son, Jehoash, who is evil like his father. He ends up going to the prophet Elijah, Elisha, sorry, who is sick and dying, and he begs Elisha for God's help to deliver Israel. Now, Elisha does prophesy that Israel will have three victories over Aram, and those are recorded here. There's also a record, really interesting, of Israelites who are burying a man when a Moabite raiding party is spotted coming towards them, so they have to do it quickly. So they throw the body into Elisha's tomb, and when the body touches the bones of Elisha, he comes back to life. Not Elisha, the guy who was dead, who they were burying. He's raised from the dead. 2 Kings 14 records the reign of Judah's king Amaziah, the son of Joash. So his father had been assassinated. He had become the king at age 25. I really can't imagine how intimidating that would have been. But his first act is to execute the officials who murdered his father. But the Bible tells us he uh, does not execute the children of these men, specifically because the law of God forbade it. So this is a really good sign that he's going to be a godly king. Now, Amaziah... Um, had a major victory over the Edomites in, in battle. He took a lot of territory for Judah, but this seems to have make, made him a bit cocky because he calls northern Israel into a war, which Amaziah then loses for Judah. The king of Israel marches to Jerusalem, breaks down parts of its wall, raids the temple of God, and takes captives, including King Amaziah, back to Samaria. Now, at some point, Amaziah was sent back to Jerusalem, probably as a vassal king, but there was a plot against his life and he's eventually assassinated and his 16-year-old son, Azariah, is made king. Jeroboam II then becomes king in northern Israel and he's evil in that he follows the normal idolatry in Israel, but he's very successful in warfare, gaining lots of territory for Israel and he has a pretty long reign of 41 years. 2 Kings 15 takes us back to 16-year-old king of Judah, Azariah, who comes to the throne after his father and grandfather have been assassinated. He reigns for 52 years, and he does a good job of following God, but he does not remove the high places in Judah. His other name is Uzziah, which is how he's known in Chronicles. So later on in Uzziah's life, God brings judgment on him in the form of leprosy, which is explained more in Chronicles. Uh, but because of this disease, he has to live in a separate house while his son Jotham co-reigned for him in Jerusalem. So then we get the record of four kings of Israel. Zechariah reigns six months and is assassinated, ending the dynasty of Jehu. Shalom takes the throne for one month till he's assassinated by Maniam, who reigns for 10 years. 
Then his son Pekaya reigns for two years before he's assassinated by Paka, who reigns for 20 years before he's assassinated by Hoshea, who will become the last king of Israel. There's a lot of assassinations going on. So Israel seems to have been a very brutal place to have been a king, really unstable politically, lots of dynasty switches and power grabs. Now, this chapter also discusses the reign of Azariah or Uzziah's son, Jotham who's a pretty good king, he has to deal with an Israelite army and alliance a warring against him. So 2 Kings 16 deals with the reign of Jotham's son Ahaz in Judah. Ahaz is tremendously evil, embracing idolatry, rejecting God, making deals with Assyria, and making the temple in Jerusalem a place of false worship. 2 Kings 17 records the reign of Israel's last king, Hoshea, and how he rebelled against Assyria, so Assyria conquered Israel. They deported many areas of Israel and resettled the land with other conquered peoples, just that tactic there to stifle any rebellions. There's lots of interesting details given about the lives of those newly settled people, how God spoke to them through lion attacks. It's really cool. 2 Kings 18 records the reign of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Now, though his father Ahaz was evil, Hezekiah goes the opposite way. He dedicates himself to God, listens to the prophet Isaiah, removes idolatry from Judah. And during Hezekiah's reign, the king of Assyria wars against Judah, and he's really successful. He defeats all the fortified cities of Judah until only Jerusalem is left. In 2 Kings 19, God delivers Jerusalem and Hezekiah from Assyria. In 2 Kings 20, we're told about how God had actually prepared Hezekiah to be strong through the Assyrian invasion. God had delivered Hezekiah personally from a physical illness in preparation. We're also told about how Hezekiah strayed a little bit in his later years by making uh, an alliance between Judah and Babylon when he really shouldn't have. 2 Kings 21 details the reign of Manasseh, Hezekiah's son. Manasseh goes the opposite way of Hezekiah. He rejects the worship of God and he goes on this bloody rampage against all who oppose him. Ammon, Manasseh's son, then reigns for only two years and is assassinated. Chapter 22 records Josiah's reign. He was eight when he became king. Josiah followed God and the high priest Hilkiah found the book of the law when they were fixing the temple and Josiah repented when he heard the words of the law. In chapter 23, Josiah renews Judah's covenant with God based on all of this and he launches an all-out religious reform across Judah. Eventually, he dies in battle though against Pharaoh Necho who was marching out to help Assyria survive against Babylon. Jehoahaz comes to Judah's throne, uh, but only lasts three months before Pharaoh Necho takes him captive to Egypt and installs a different son of Josiah, Jehoiakim, as a client king. But 2 Kings 24 sees Babylon invade Judah and Jehoiakim becomes a vassal to Babylon for three years. But when he rebels and dies, his son Jehoiachin uh, is left to pick up the pieces, but he only lasts three months before surrendering to the Babylonians, who install yet another son of Josiah as king, and that guy's name was Zedekiah. 2 Kings 25 records how Zedekiah rebelled against Babylon and ultimately how Babylon then destroyed Judah and Jerusalem and the temple, 
deporting many of Judah's citizens. They take away kingship from Judah, and instead Babylon installs a governor over Judah, Gedaliah. But when Gedaliah is assassinated, many people flee to Egypt for their lives because they're afraid of another wave of warfare from Babylon. And that brings us to First Chronicles. So chapter one begins a series of genealogies. It takes us from the first man, Adam, to the descendants of Esau, you know, like Jacob and Esau. Chapter two takes us through the sons of Jacob with a specific focus on Judah, because that's the kingly tribe of uh, Jerusalem. First Chronicles three gives us the Davidic line of Judah. Chapter four outlines the other clans of Judah and the tribe of Simeon. Then chapter five gives us the genealogies of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. First Chronicles 6 outlines the tribe of Levi with his focus on the temple musicians. Chapter seven has the genealogies of Issachar, Benjamin, Nephtali, Manasseh, Ephraim, and Asher. And finally, oh, oh, two more. Chapters eight has the genealogy of King Saul. And chapter nine gives a list of the Israelites who returned from exile. So it gives us notes about the gatekeepers of the newly rebuilt temple and how they guarded it and unlocked it and how the musicians slept at the temple during their service. That was a lot of history. I hope you... <laughs> were able to follow along with me and I really hope that you have a very happy blessed Easter please pop your comments and questions down below and until next week I hope you have great reading and studying thank you so much for watching we want to keep producing high quality biblical content but we can't do it without your support if you feel called to support us please click the link in the description under donate your support really means a lot to us.